This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Welcome back to another edition of Sunday Focus. We always talk about great organizations here in the Sioux Empire. One of them is Habitat for Humanity of Greater Sioux Falls. And joining me right now from Habitat is the Community Director, Eric Fierstead. Hey, Eric, good morning. How's it going? Thank you for having me. No, thank you for being here. Again, another great organization here in town. But for anyone who isn't familiar about Habitat for Humanity, why don't you tell us about it? Of course. So Habitat for Humanity is is more of a common name. And then we're our affiliate is called Habitat for Humanity of Greater Sioux Falls. And basically Habitat started a while ago and with the vision for basically being able to have uh, families or folks that could not uh, normally afford a house being able to get a house through their collective uh, hard work. So basically, our mission as Habitat is seeking to put God's love into action. Habitat for Humanity brings people together to build homes, communities, and hopes. So we're one of 1,300 uh, Habitat for Humanity affiliates around the U.S. And so basically, Habitat, you it's such a big organization, yeah. but we help get people into homes, which which is such a cool an aspect, which I love to be a part of. Is that pretty much what Habitat does for communities across the country beyond Sioux Falls? Yeah, there's so there's there's it's not just what they do, but that's what Habitat is known for is known for allowing people to um, who can't afford traditional houses through the the traditional income through uh, um, through a normal home loan or something like that. We have to remember that these families that we work with are hardworking families. They have mm-hmm. they have jobs. They have kids. They have they they make a very honest living, and just through different circumstances, and with especially with inflation, that really hurts a lot of our families today is that Habitat gives them the opportunity to realize, unquote, the American dream of owning your own home um, through a variety of different uh, reasons, uh, resources, and we can get into that a little bit later. But uh, Habitat's known for that. We also have several other programs uh, called Neighborhood Revitalization. Uh, we have the Restore. We have Decon, or known as Deconstruction, and just a lot of other cool things as well. Yeah, why don't you talk about those programs? Let's start off with the home ownership program and then work our way through the neighborhood revitalization. Yeah, of course. So um, our home ownership program is what uh, Habitat is known for, of course. And so basically, this year we have eleven families, and it begins with there's a certain um, there's several different uh, categories that they have families have to meet, and this uh, process takes about a six month long process. We uh, start with an application period that's open one month. Um, each year, and then uh, people can apply uh, during that, and then we'll take. Then we have a committee um, that works with our home services uh, coordinator, Lisa Ross, and that they'll take the these home applications, these families that have applied, and they'll have interviews with them. They'll have home visits. They'll have they'll address it by biggest need. For example, we had two hundred and over two hundred inquiries uh, last home service uh, last home service application drive, um, and with that 
that we had 59 families that that filled out filled out that actually met the application criteria and so we had to over the last six months grow through a process um, of of addressing the biggest need um, all that stuff and we we have uh, just last month chose 11 families that actually have begun partnership with us as of last week um, they're actually on the job sites. And so families that we are partnering with, um, uh, one of the biggest misconceptions about Habitat is that we actually give houses away. Mm. And it's not even close to that. These families actually purchase the house outright, but they have to meet certain criteria, of course, in that partnership. So, for example, one the, the main one that they have to do is 300, what's called 300 sweat equity hours, or basically they have to... Um, help build their home. They have to attend uh, first-time homebuyer classes. They have to attend mortgage classes. They have to attend home maintenance classes. And they get literally hands-on service about how to own a home, all the stuff that goes into it. So literally, they get they build their own home, but they also help build other families' homes too. So for example, the families that are just coming on, they're helping, we're about three-fourths of a way through construction through most of our homes right now, and they're seeing the kind of the end product. And then come this summer when it gets nice <laughs> enough to pour right. to pour concrete out, we can uh, actually see them uh, put in the foundation, start laying the footings, start doing all the rebar stuff. Um, they actually, we use what's called ICF uh, forms for the walls and all that stuff from beginning to end. So it's roughly about a ye- at least 13 to 14 month process at the quickest to 18 months to a two year process for our families from applying to actually getting into their home. Um, so, and it's, it's really cool to see these families come from, um, the dream that they have to uh, reality, basically. Um, so that's really kind of cool. So that's our home ownership program. Yeah. And so currently right now, we've just brought on 11 families with that. And uh, we have four finishing up from our previous one. So currently right now, we have 15 families in partnership. We average about eight closings a year. So kind of these will be completed over the next, the 11 families that came in will be completed over the next year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at 2020, end of 2024, beginning of 2025 for a lot of these families um, to kind of close in on their house. That's kind of um, crazy to mm-hmm. think about. Like 200 inquiries just to get a home with Habitat for Humanity. It must be tough to go through those applications now that I'm thinking about it. It's it's draining, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's. I have not. Ex- I've, so I've been with Habitat for about six months now. Yeah, and I haven't had the uh, the, the joy of it going through home uh, home application process yet. Um, but I know working with Lisa, we're getting ready for this year's. Um, it's going to be in the fall sometime, and just the just the going through and getting through the applications. We have at least two or three people come in every week, either via in person phone call that inquire about, hey, how do I apply? Um, just have some great conversations with them. And so yeah, it is a long process, but it's, it's also something that we we enjoy as Habitat, just meeting the, the community because we are a very community-focused organization. Um, and we just love being out and just, I just love meeting people. And um, Alisa, our, our um, fan service coordinator, is absolutely incredible and just has uh, just has a way with people. And so it's just really fun to see how it goes. And we, of course, it takes very detailed, or, mm-hmm. or, um, but we'll be coming out in the next couple months kind of announcing this net, the, the upcoming one soon. Um, 
and just looking forward to 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 that and kind of getting people excited about that and just also just making making uh, how do I say it dreams come dreams come true or, or, yeah. or reality that especially in this housing market right now uh, with higher inflation and just houses are even more harder to get into than they have been in a long time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what about that neighborhood revitalization project? What yeah. that, what's that all about? Yeah, of course. So as as a lot of people know, Habitat is known for the new, we call it new construction. Um, but we also have um, a program called neighborhood revitalization because we saw the, the general um, Habitat um, basically, Habitat saw a need a few years ago. Like, hey, we are servicing all these families, but how about the current homeowner? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, a neighborhood revitalization has been around for a long time, actually. Um, and we work with current homeowners to help them with different repair projects. We have a, a coordinator who's in charge of it named Marcus Brandenburg, amazing guy. Um, and he he basically will take say that you need. Um, a deck repaired. We do interior and exterior, mm-hmm. um, excluding um, excluding roofing um, jobs, and uh, but a lot of painting jobs, a lot of deck stuff, a lot of. Um, he's been doing a lot of um, grab bars, a lot of interior interior work with some subfloors and stuff like that. Um, but you have to meet a certain income uh, in- income guidelines for that. Well, the cool thing about neighborhood revitalization, the income guidelines go on a on a sliding scale. So basically, the the labor is completely free. So Marcus and our volunteers that make up Habitat um, come in and do whatever project that needs to be done. Um, and he will and he will go and basically, uh, based off your income, uh, the homeowner only pays for materials. So if you're under a certain income bracket, you pay for like 25% of the, the materials. And then if you, uh, in another income bracket, you pay for 50% of the materials and stuff like that. So Habitat covers uh covers all the labor and it makes it affordable for homeowners that might not be able to afford it uh with that to allow us to come in alongside them and just complete a lot of these repairs are needed repairs too they're um they're repairs that need to be done for safety for health um and uh the we're always getting new jobs in every day um, so he's, and last year we were, he did the most jobs that he's ever done. We did over 50 jobs. And if you count our rock the block events, we did close to a hundred jobs. Um, so that was really cool. Um, really cool to see, to see what that program is becoming. And we're excited to, we're just getting some more jobs lined up this year, um, or the, the, for, for this summer and just, yeah, we're excited to kind of see what that, what, what happens. And, uh, he's doing some incredible work with that. If you are just listening, I'm being joined by Eric Fierstead. He is the Community Director for Habitat for Humanity of Greater Sioux Falls. Now, roughly, how many people would you say don't have safe, affordable housing in our community? It's, it's a lot of different families that struggle with that. And a lot are in the lower income, in the 30-40% bracket um, of the HUD guidelines that that struggle to, to, to be able to afford rent. Um, we we say that um, that you should not spend more than 30% of your of your uh, income on rent, but a large majority of people uh, spend more 
more than that on their rent. That opens up a lot of barriers for, uh, sorry, it breaks down a lot of barriers for families um, that they can, um, because studies have shown that uh, having a house um, improves the next generation mm-hmm. as far as um, ability to go to college, ability to be in less, um, be in, be not go, not, not commit a crime and stuff like that, that you, you see a lot of different cool stuff that comes from owning a home for not just this generation, but for generations to come. It opens, it's a lot of times the families, uh, families that have a place to call home, it, it enhances their lives significantly. You were talking about how inflation, cost of living, just getting a house in general, it's very difficult for people right now. How would you say that's affected Habitat for Humanity in the local sense? Yeah, so we, um, so for us with inflation, it is required us to raise a little bit more than we've, than we've had to in the past because obviously with the price of inflation, building materials have gone up. Like for example, our houses, a new construction house, right now our twin homes, the two bedroom twin home, will appraise for about two about 240 mm-hmm. and then um, a four bedroom will raise for about between depending on the house between 270 290 um, and before five years ago before covid we were able to do those for 180 190 yeah and it's just gone up a lot um, and so it's um, it's crazy just to see how much it is and also it, it limits the amount of buyers that are in the market because a lot not a lot of people can afford a seven and a half percent interest on their home loan so that give that's making more families um seek other alternatives to um to uh to the traditional mortgage yeah. and you see a lot of families that are put under those more stresses and inflation it's been it's been tough um but we've been actually able that where we've been able to counteract a lot of that stuff and still serve as many families that we have before, if not more families. Again, another rough estimate mm-hmm. question for yep. you. <laughs> How many homes would you say that here in Sioux Falls Habitat for Humanity has built? You already said 11 families are coming in now. Yep. So on an average, we do about six six families per year. And this, this year is a bigger year because of um, because of COVID. We're kind of getting stuff uh, caught up from previous mm-hmm. years. Um, we actually have a closing on April 14th. That will be our 179th home. Wow. That we're closing. We're closing. We started in eight, in 1989. Um, and so we are... We have um, our 179th, and we were just talking about it earlier, that Mm -hmm. with our families that are currently in partnership, after they are completed, we'll have 193 houses that we have, that we'll have done after this year's, uh, um, the partner families have closed on on their homes. So that's a pretty cool, pretty cool thing to to have, to knowing in a little bit over over 30 years that we've done, done that. When I was talking to you, Recently, when I first met you, actually, I mentioned how my twin sister, she was a part of Habitat for Humanity in college, and she got to go to Valdosta, Georgia, help build a home, and and did some other stuff in between that, too. So really, Habitat for Humanity thrives with their volunteers, helping them Mm -hmm. with these big projects. So typically, what's a day or a week like for people who are volunteering with Habitat for Humanity? Yeah, of course. So without volunteers, we would not be able to do what we do. Literally, we have a volunteer coordinator named Brittany who does some incredible work. Uh, So we call it a day in the life. We actually have a day in the life video on on our website that kind of explains it. So um, we have... 
basically four different options for volunteers. We have the new construction side, we have the NR side, we have our decon, our deconstruction side, and then we have our restore side. So there's so many different ways. And the biggest thing that people ask when they become a volunteer, hey, I don't have any construction experience. Do I need it? No. We have trained staff that are amazing at their job that are, and we call them construction site supervisors, and they are going to be with you every step of the way. We have two shifts. Let's start with new construction. We have two shifts, one in the morning and one in the afternoon, um, Tuesdays through Saturdays. So we start at 8.30, go to 11.30, then we break for lunch, and then we have roughly depending on 12.30 or 1, depending on the time mm-hmm. that they want to start, till about 3 is our second shift. And so when you, when you get there, uh, you will come, you will meet up with our construction site supervisor. Um, we got uh, Dustin and Paul. Um, and they and they will do um, a safety talk. Obviously, we take safety very, uh, very serious. Mm-hmm. So we always start out with a safety briefing. Um, and they explain to you what we're going to be doing, how we're going to stay safe that day. And what what the job entails. And it can be anything from siding to um, to, dr- to drywall to. The it's endless. It's a it's, lot. Of it's stuff. a lot of different things. Yeah. Um. And so they'll come in, get the safety briefing, which lasts about five, ten minutes or so. Uh, depending on, on what job we're doing, we'll have the safety gear. Habitat provides everything, so you don't need to bring anything. But what we ask is that you have closed-toed shoes because being on a construction site with sandals, not a good not idea. A, not, a, not a good idea. When you're <laughs> still on a construction site. Sometimes there is nails and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then we do have the gloves. We do have the safety glasses for you guys. So obviously, depending on the weather, come dress accordingly uh, with that. But then after safety briefing, we just start going. We we believe that we just, it's a hands-on experience. And what's so cool is that our volunteers actually get to work alongside our partner families too. So our partner families are right there building the house with our, with our volunteers. Um, and so they get to meet the partner families. They get to, to get, get a chat with them. They get to just have fun. And a lot of times we'll have businesses, um, banks or any corporation or we'll come out and we'll do a team build where your team can actually come out and build for a day. And then we'll, um, we'll be able to bring you guys some donuts and stuff and get a meet, get to talk to Brittany, myself, and some of the other staff that's at Habitat. And, um, we'll come with we'll work alongside you a little bit too. And it's just really cool to see. So the day in the life of a volunteer is rough about three hours, three hour shifts, and you don't need to have any construction experience, but it's a fun time. You get to be relaxed and you honestly get to learn a lot of stuff too. I've yeah. been there for six months. I've learned a lot of stuff. I'm decent at DIY, but I've, <laughs> I've been trying to do some projects of my own compared to what I've learned and stuff. So it's really kind of might be able to inspire your next, your next career, or your next uh, DIY project. It probably puts into perspective, too, for those volunteering, talking with those partner families just to see how big of an impact it's going to be for them. Yes, and yeah. it's very cool as uh, you get to learn about who we serve and learn their story. And some of our partner family stories are just incredible. You, you, We sometimes hear from families that have been in refugee camps, families that have come over from so many different countries um, and you just learn the impact of a single mother and what this means to her. Um, you learn from a single dad what it means to him and him, him and his daughter and how we, and what's so cool is sometimes we get to celebrate, we just got to celebrate a couple a few months ago that uh, um, the families that will, they own the home. So they actually purchased a home from us and they will eventually pay off the home and then we get to celebrate that with them so it's full it's really fun to see from start to finish the full circle 
of what that of what of what that is. Absolutely, definitely a rewarding experience there. If you are just listening, Eric Fierstead, he is with Habitat for Humanity of Greater Sioux Falls. He's with us in the studio with us right now. There's also really quickly another program called Restored. Now, I believe it's kind of like a furniture store that you're walking into. What's that all about? So, f- for those of you that don't know about the Restore, I like to call it Sioux Falls' hidden gem. Think ah. of, yes, <laughs> think of like a hardware store um, mixed with maybe um, a Goodwill or a Savers. So basically, um, our Restore uh, sells gently used building building materials basically um a lot of them from we have we have lumber we have um any type of building materials for a house we have appliances we have furniture we have plumbing parts we have the list goes on and on and on and what is so cool is that everything that's in the restore except for flooring and our paint is donated so it's literally the community that is supporting us. We have businesses that donate. We have individuals that donate. Um, and the 100% of funds earned through the Restore go back into Habitat for Humanity mm-hmm. of Sioux Falls, allowing us to build houses. And the cool thing is the Restore has a part in every house that we build. Every Everything that's purchased from the Restore um, pays for part of a house. Mm. So how cool is that? Oh, it's really cool. It's really cool. And so it's, it's, and it's kind of a hidden location too. We're on, we're on the north side off of cliff on, um, 721 North Amadon road, mm-hmm. um, way over there on the north side of town. But for those of you that people that know it, it's really cool. People find a lot of DIY projects. We used to be more for like the DIYer and we mm-hmm. still, uh, are very much. So that's a lot of our, a lot of our clientele, a lot of our customers come, but a lot of contractors we work with, um, we get some donations from, uh, BPI from Lowe's, from um, just a lot of great organizations around town that work with us and will be basically brand new material that's never been used and that's either excess or discontinued or something like that that you can get for just a fraction of a price. We say about 30 to 40% of retail is what we're selling it for. Yeah, I've even um, seen your website for the Restore Project too. I mean, they look like brand new items for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And we and uh, we try to we try to make sure any everything that's coming in is gently used condition or if not better um, than that. We have amazing group of staff and actually we have trustees that will help you guys accept your donation and they go through everything. They make sure it's in working order. They make sure that it's functional, nice looking. They clean it up. They spend a lot of time just doing that in in our back area and everything we try to make everything look as nice as as possible and but it's we move through so much inventory that we're constantly yeah. cycling through things so if you see it when you come in one day and hey we don't we don't have what you're looking for come back next week just keep constantly cycling through stuff so it's we have a treasure hunters paradise i like to say <laughs> out there um so Good way to put it. Now, like many organizations in the Sioux Falls area, they wouldn't be so successful without the community support. So mm-hmm. Habitat for Humanity of Greater Sioux Falls, you guys host different events every year to benefit the organization. You just had that murder mystery gala, and it was an 80s theme. I got to say, it was totally rad. 
That's an 80s word, Groovy, right? yes, Groovy, I love it, Groovy. Yes. Now, how successful was that event for you guys? How much money did you raise in total? The gala was our Raise the Roof Gala. It's an annual one that we've been putting on for a couple of years. And we were uh, blessed enough through businesses and the community support to raise over $56,000. Uh, um, and so the amount that was raised can is is enough to buy a whole entire lumber package for our home. So through that, just one day, we were able to raise enough for just for just one of our houses. And it was really cool. We were able to have a company called the Murder Mystery Company out of Minneapolis came down. They put on a whole 80s-themed murder mystery show, mm-hmm. which was so fun. And we did raffles and prizes and stuff like that. It's just where... We say it all the time, but it's true. It's something that we... It's truly true that... Without the community, without the community support from countless businesses to individuals, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. It's we're with us being a nonprofit and through donations, that's the lifeblood of Habitat through our volunteers and just seeing a community come together for a cause like that. I don't know, just warmed my heart for all the months of prep and stuff just to, just to see it that day. I was, I was, I was in awe because that's my first uh, Raised Roof Gala that I was able to be a yeah. part of and it's just so cool and it was just, just, we can't say it enough that without the community support it wouldn't, Habitat would not be what it is right now and where we're going in the future. So I, it's really cool. I gotta say, I was so nervous walking in just because you're dressed in like these bright, ridiculous clothes that you would <laughs> yep. not wear in an everyday situation, right? When I first walked in the door, I did notice someone in heels and a nice dress, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, are we the only ones that dressed <laughs> up? Am I going to look ridiculous going to this thing? So then I'm walking up the stairs, and then I see the bright jumpsuits, the rock and roll looks, and I breathe the huge sigh of relief, and I just said, thank God, everybody else is dressing up. So I thought that was really cool. <laughs> it was it was really cool. And what kind of what we love about the Raise the Roof Gala, it's not like a normal gala yeah it's uh actually you come to have fun um last year we, we did one called the holly who mm-hmm. which was this like crime scene investigation one where everybody was dressed up in their like 1920s uh Ooh. um kind of gangster flapper, uh, fla- era. Yeah, flapper era yeah. and stuff and so that was just really cool um and no it's it was something where we actually had one of our staff who texted me just as he was coming and he he saw probably the same person he's like are you sure that we have the right thing i'm like yes you you gotta, you gotta get up here and see, and it's just the costumes were my favorite part. Just yeah. seeing the variety from some people that looked very professional yeah. put together to track suits that were you could literally see probably from outer space. Oh my gosh! Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, when I walked in there, I'm like, I've been to a lot of charity events and just social gatherings. I've never been in leggings or a sweatshirt and my hair oh god <laughs> the the 80s hairdos were were, were something yes, yeah yes. they were something i was just happy i found a scrunchie. scrunchie that's what i said right away i said yes i have a scrunchie that i can wear for this <laughs> we actually had people that started ordering costumes three months ago just, be, just because they weren't sure if they could find stuff from around town i just went to goodwill <laughs> and i found that sweater made it my Lady own and done. Perfect. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we 
we loved having you out and just everybody who came out uh, on Saturday was was awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> Any other events you guys have coming up this year or maybe you're thinking into next year a little bit? So we have some meetings coming up. Um, nothing to announce yet, but we're hoping to, we will do an event similar to our Raise the Roof Gala coming up uh, next year, roughly about this time. Um, a lot of things to still get sorted out, but our Restore has some um, sales that are coming up this summer, so stay tuned. You can actually follow us on Facebook at Habitat for Humanity of Sioux Falls. Uh, there to stay, that's where we post everything. Our website's a great resource. We actually have our next event coming up would actually be one of our home dedications. If you have not seen that, it's just such a awesome time. We're actually going to be out to our development at uh, Millard Acres, we call it. It's a, literally a whole entire cul-de-sac that we're going to have 13 twin homes uh, built on for 26 families. Mm. Um, and we are celebrating our, let's see here, this is going to be our fourth family that is moving into um, into our Millard Acres um, named Orshlam, who has done some, who did some awesome work and stuff in her story. It's going to be on April 14th at noon that we're being able to celebrate her and all the work that she's done um so but we got some other exciting stuff with restore and just it's, it's always exciting stuff happening at habitat there's never the never the same happening twice there you go. Again, it's Eric Fierstead. He is with Habitat for Humanity of Greater Sioux Falls as the Community Engagement Director. What is that website for people to go check out, yep. Eric? So it's uh, www.siouxfallshabitat.org. And then from there, you can uh, look, look at the top. You can find information from our homeownership program, our NR uh, neighborhood revitalization stuff, to our decon, to our restore. Um, and all the information that you need uh, is right there at your fingertips. All right. Awesome. Eric, thank Thanks for giving us your time this morning. Well, thank you so much for having me. If you're driving on the interstate, a state highway, a county highway, through town, or on a gravel road, this message is for you. Buckle up. Don't skip the click. Crashes don't discriminate. They happen everywhere. Hi, I'm Trooper Peterson with the South Dakota Highway Patrol, reminding you that wearing your seatbelt is one of the best ways to protect yourself while driving. Buckle up. Don't skip the click. This message brought to you by the South Dakota Highway Patrol and Results Town Square Media. I'm Christine Manica, and you've been listening to Sunday Focus. I'd like to thank Eric Fierstead of Habitat for Humanity of Greater Sioux Falls for joining the program today. If you have more questions about the organization or volunteer opportunities, you can always visit SiouxFallsHabitat.org. Next week on Sunday Focus, we will catch up with the Sioux Falls City FC women's soccer team to talk with the owners about the upcoming second season. That's all happening right here on Sunday Focus. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of results Radio Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.